It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. Especially when the season get hectic. I stay waiting on it like receiving a Nets pick. Nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth you might even hear a story on Gigi. So in depth they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth you probably should pay him but it's a freebie. Yeah, John Corrales and J. King. Locked on trying to get the 18th ring. So you can miss me with the blah blah. No more Gino time. We watching Jay do the Zaza. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast. We are the Rain and Jays, John Corrales and Jay King, thanking you once again for making us part of your daily routine, popping us on in the car, in the gym, at work, uh, someplace where you're ignoring somebody. It doesn't matter. We're happy that you do it. And we're happy today to let you know that this program is brought to you by the good folks at SeatGeek. It's an amazing app. And they make things easier than ever for you to buy and sell tickets. I use it. Jay has used it. Download the SeatGeek app. We're going to get you a little bit money back, too, later on in the show. So thanks to them. Today, we're going to be talking about a little bit of a debate that we heard on the True Hoop podcast today of over who are the most talented teams in the East. Where does Boston sit? Are people overreacting to the Washington Wizards now that they've gotten hot and they took uh, the Cavs to the limit yesterday in overtime. Boogie had another meltdown, but uh, let's get into some of these trade rumors as the Celtics get closer to the deadline. It's only a couple of weeks away. Uh, today, uh, on the vertical, Sham Sharania in a piece that it talked about Marcus Smart, and Marcus Smart's just a com- complete lunatic on the floor. <laughs> dropped, which we already know. We don't have to talk about that much. He's a lunatic. He, he does crazy things out there. But he does. He did mention that the Celtics are in discussions, or at least had preliminary discussions over uh, about some some big men that might be available in the league. So now, because we heard that, now is the time where we guess and try to figure out who the hell that might be. Is this is should I I should I go in there? Okay, let's um, just uh, you know that's when I stop talking. I it's... <laughs> so so for guidelines, it has to be either a star player, which would I guess be like Boogie Cousins. Is there any other potential big guy that would be available? And I don't even think they would go after Boogie, although I don't I don't really know. And Vladi Divac just said Boogie is not available at all, so. It would have to, it has to be then a guy who has a one year deal like this is an expiring contract right I would I would imagine that 
if it's not a star player type of situation, yeah. then they would be looking at, I would say, the Serge Ibaka's of the world. Or yeah, expiring contract. Yeah. And so somebody that you don't have to give up a, a lot of assets for, and he could be an upgrade, and it would be an expiring contract. Ibaka, kind of intriguing, I guess, because... He would help you with the athleticism. He'd help you as a rim protector, rebounder type, and he can still shoot threes and stretch the floor, which is one of the differentiators, I think, for the Celtics front court. So Ibaka's kind of interesting. I still think if they have to give up real assets, they're just not going to do it. Like, no. You don't, you don't make that move for someone like Serge Ibaka or Andrew Bogut, or even like like Joseph Nurkic, and any of those guys that could be available if you have to give up real assets. Because they're not going to put you for, far enough ahead, and I don't think they catch you up with Cleveland. I, they certainly don't push you over the top of Golden State or San Antonio out west. So to me, like it's got to be... Very cheap trade if you're going to pick up one of those guys. So, look, you got Serge Ibaka, who makes just over $12 million, uh, and he, he's only got – this is his last season uh, under contract. You've got Amir Johnson, who makes $12 million, and this is his last season under contract. If Orlando was willing to take – if they wanted to just accumulate some assets, the Celtics have a ton of picks. So – what are you willing to do for Serge Ibaka? What are you willing to give up for Serge Ibaka? And what's Orlando willing to do for Serge Ibaka? You, you know, you can just you can get rid of him and then take back Amir Johnson. That works straight up. But what, what's the point? What's the point of that? They're going to want a little bit of a sweetener, so they would say, "Throw us a pick. Throw us." Throw us your Celtics first rounder in 2018, or throw us the something. They they're going to want something in return. I I just don't see what works. Yeah, and Ibaka ain't a great rebounder either. Right. <laughs> so it's not like he's like this huge physical force. So it's like uh, you definitely don't want to give up too too much for him. He I think he would be an upgrade over Amir Johnson, but he's not like that exciting type of acquisition anymore he hasn't really like he never improved to the point where he's a real difference maker i don't know I, to me it's just i i can't see the type of guy out there really that moves the needle that that you'd want to give up assets for if if getting a baka would be an upgrade yes but it would have to be like you'd give up like maybe a couple second rounders or something like I would think one, sec one second rounder. <laughs> I, I wouldn't give up a lot to get one. Well, of these right. At all. The, the, and okay. So this is where, this is where we have our, our issue. And I was listening to the dunked on podcast where they have two parts. If you've got a couple of hours, you download both parts and you can, they had a bunch of guys on there like uh, Kevin Pelton and uh, a couple other guys. Smart bros. Yes. Very, very intelligent basketball people and they all took like four teams and kind of went through like a mock trade deadline and they all just kind of worked it so the it's interesting to do that 
because you want to hear what someone who's intelligent and is paying attention, what they're looking to do with that team. Orlando is probably looking to use Ibaka to get something that helps them, not just give the Celtics something for no for no reason. Like what's what's the point of an Ibaka for Amir Johnson trade? Even if you get even if the Celtics said we got too many damn first round picks, here's a first round pick, one of the 2019 uh the Clippers pick or something. Let's just pretend. So that doesn't help them much except it gives them a pick down the road. They want to add to their team. They're going to want like a wing they're going to want somebody that can create a little bit. So they've got other things in mind. I don't see a move for Ibaka that satisfies them. So sure, it might satisfy us. What the hell? Roll the dice. But, you know, Amir Johnson has – what's the upgrade? You get better three-point shooting with Ibaka, maybe some better rim protection. He's got some lateral movement. He's got more lateral movement than, than Amir Johnson – so, yeah, okay, great, but I, I just don't see the move. I just don't see it. So you started with the dunk down. What were the dunk, dunk down guys saying? Well, they, they went through the whole, uh, the whole league. They went superstars first. And if you're looking for maybe the Celtics are looking for a superstar, Jimmy Butler, I know we're talking about big man, but like Jimmy Butler, for example, we sit here and we discuss what would we give up for Jimmy Butler. Well, between the dunk on thing, and I was part of this b-ball breakdown where uh, thirty bloggers each got their own team to run for a week, and we made trades and, and so on and so forth. Getting the Chicago perspective, they want the world for a guy like Jimmy Butler. So I bring that up because getting a star player in a trade. You got to be willing to to just give everything up, all of that cap space, all of those picks. Just they want both Brooklyn picks. They want young players. They want the cap space. All of that stuff. They view him pretty highly. Um, the like the Clippers. They're not giving up anybody. They're uh, in that Dunk Down podcast. They they moved. They actually worked out a trade for Carmelo Anthony to the Clippers that didn't involve any of the the big three core players. Carmelo's got to be gone. I mean, Phil Jackson is openly trying to piss off Carmelo Anthony so that Carmelo Anthony will agree to trade his no wave clause. He is he is unbelievably just horribly screwing up the Knicks. And I know, see, I see I think he's doing it intentionally. Oh no, I I think so too. He knows exactly what he's doing. He he's trying to piss off Carmelo until the point that Carmelo's like, "All right, I'm out of here. I'm leaving." Yeah. Oh, I I absolutely agree that uh, he he's he gave Carmelo Anthony a terrible deal, and that deal has come back to bite him in the ass. And the only way he can get out of it is by really just trying to walk around and like piss him off, flick his ear, you know, put put stuff in his shoes, you know, something like. Anything that will anger him, you know, put like eye drops in his in his drink so he can get sick, like all that, all that stuff that he that's the only option he has 
is to just completely mess with Carmelo Anthony's life. And you know what? Carmelo Anthony, I I am a fan of his just for the way he's coming back at Phil. He's like, no, nah, I'm just not going anywhere, man. I'm just not going anywhere. You can try all you want. You can put all your sneaky, underhanded bullshit out in the media. I am not going anywhere. I like New York. My wife likes New York. We'll see. He's still got a couple weeks. He does have a couple still weeks. If they can weeks. work something out with the Clippers and – Look, these smart guys on Dunked On figured it out. A a deal that the Clippers liked and that they liked for the Knicks that just basically blew it up, got them some picks, got them some cap space, some flexibility, and you're building around Porzingis, it makes total sense. But for the Celtics' purposes, and the, I forget who it was, the guy was handling the Celtics, he was really representing us well because we don't want to give up both picks. We are both – we're all kind of married to that idea of making a selection now this year. That that could be a first – a number one pick. You know, whoever it is, that's a potential franchise-changing guy. I think Celtics fans are looking forward to that, looking forward to the potential of seeing him – uh, whoever that is in Boston, and looking forward to possibly using the SeatGeek app to go see that guy next year. Of course, you could use it now. That if, was smooth. That was smooth. Thank you. Uh, you can use it now. If you're out in Sacramento, you want to go check that game out. They they don't have boogie. Maybe the game. Maybe a lot of people who have uh, season tickets are are looking to sell. This opportunity for you to get in there. Just. Download the SeatGeek app. It, I know it's a confusing process. It's been confusing for a long time. It's hard to find the best deals. And really, the older ticket sites, they just don't do the right job for you. But SeatGeek is different. They've created this amazing app and a website that makes it really easier than ever for you to buy and sell tickets. I've used it. I've gone to a couple of games at home. I've gone to games on the road. Uh, I plug it in. They do all of the work for you. They compare the prices and give you red, yellow, green dots. And you can kind of zoom in on your app. You little pinch the screen. You move in. It tells you what the good deal is, what the bad deal is. It gives you a, a score. And it basically gives you the most bang for your buck. So uh, if you're looking for tickets for a Celtics game, maybe not a Celtics game. Maybe you're a hockey fan. You want to go check out the Bruins. Maybe you don't after what they did to Claude Julien. But that's a different story. That's a different podcast. Or a concert. Or a concert. A concert. There's a show. Something like that, check it out. Download the SeatGeek app, and here's here's the good part. All of our listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. All you got to do, download the app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter the code LOCELTICS. LOCELTICS. You will get $20 back from SeatGeek after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code L.O. Celtics today. Uh, and you never know. If you buy a ticket for a game it, two, three weeks from now, maybe this team will look different. But uh, I I don't think, Jay, that we're going to get anywhere with a lot of these talks. I really doubt that. And I'm, I'm, I don't think we're going to get Boogie at all. It, despite him losing his shit and getting suspended for the Celtics game, uh, he, the, 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 uh, the Kings, Vladi Divac and majority owner Vivek Ranadive are all cousins guys. And you listen to all of the reports, you, you, you read up on this situation. 
It's not a great situation in Sacramento. There are a ton of owners, but like all of the minority owners still have less of a stake than Ron Adive, and Ron Adive wants to go into that new building with Cousins. He's a Cousins guy. Devox is a Cousins guy. That's it. He's off the table, so that is done. Yeah. I, I mean, look, and I don't <laughs> – Cousins, is, like, he was already at 14 technicals, 16, and you get an automatic suspension. And he goes ahead in the third quarter. He shoves an opposing assistant coach. <laughs> then, of course, Matt Barnes gets involved. Because Cause that's what Matt Barnes does. Yep. So, obviously, go, going going and getting Matt Barnes and putting him next to DeMarcus Cousins, not sure that was the wisest idea. Just another in a long line of bad decisions by the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> then, then in the fourth quarter, with literally 1.1 seconds left, he loses his shit over. Uh, he, I mean, it was he a, got fouled. No doubt, yeah, he, he got fouled. He, he, he probably got held, but like, <laughs> just <laughs> he's got just no relax, man. He's got no awareness, and and I don't know if he maybe just doesn't care anymore. But in that situation, like you, you got to understand where you are. And, but you're at 15 technical fouls. The game is over. Let the game end. Just let the game end before you. Then you can go get fined. And who knows? Maybe he would have gotten suspended anyway if he lost his mind the way he did. But at least save the tech. Now for every other technical foul, he's going to get another suspension. So you might get like five more suspensions the rest of the season. It's it's really mind blowing how a guy gets sixteen technical fouls before the All Star break, knowing that this is the system. Now, before this was the system, Rasheed Wallace probably had twenty by by this point. But didn't he have forty one one year? Yeah, but I mean, he's the reason why they instituted this this policy. Cause he, That's incredible, man. 41 technicals. He, I mean, it, this really is the Rashid rule because they had to, like, you can't just be that much of a dick and just keep hitting the refs up, like, without some sort of consequence. So here they are. The Kings are now, they've played 52 games. So you got 30 games left. He's got 16 fouls. How many more? How many? Uh, Sixteen techs. How many more techs can he get in those in those games? Uh, <laughs> double digits. I think it could go double digits. I but think then he's so. Going to be suspended for too many of them. He'll probably get six more. So th- three suspensions. Three more one game suspensions. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right because he. He would need to right. He wouldn't play all thirty games. Yeah, <laughs> he'll get he'll be getting suspended too much. Oh, Boogie! If only Boogie were a rational human being, Boogie would be an awesome, awesome person to build a basketball team around. I I just sit there and I, I like I'm I compare myself to like the old typewriters, which I'm unfortunately old enough to remember where you would type and the carriage would slide and then you'd have to hit the actual return and like it would scroll the paper up a line and you would go back to the the beginning all the way to the left. 
And that's me with, with the DeMarcus Cousins situation where at the beginning I'm like, screw this. I do not want to deal for Boogie Cousins. And then you go you slowly along, slowly along, and he plays really, really well because he's a really an amazing basketball player. And then I get them like, oh, well, maybe – Maybe Brad Stevens can calm him down. Maybe the Celtics locker room can calm him down. And then he pulls some shit that he pulled last night. And I hit the return back to the beginning. I don't want to trade for Boogie Cousins. Screw this. And it's, you know, I'll slowly calm back down and he's going to lose his shit again. And I just got to remember that he's, he's just emotionally unstable. And I like to the point where I think he really needs some help, like professional help. They need to get him in to speak to somebody, something, somewhere, because this level of emotional distress, this is not normal. This is not normal. Shoving an assistant coach on the other team is preposterous. That is ridiculous. It's not like Boylan came out, like, yelling at him. Boylan was just trying to, like, keep the peace, and he shoved him from behind. It was, take it easy, Boogie, just... Couple deep breaths. Ooh, <laughs> man. He, honestly, if if he just had a level head, oh he god, would be he'd be one of the top five basketball players alive. Easily, easily. Instead, instead, he takes like six or seven possessions per game off. He loses his shit <laughs> very frequently, and he and Matt Barnes have become one of the most reckless duos in the NBA. Unbelievable. Maybe the most reckless duo in the NBA. So, Boogie is out. Forget it. The, the Boogie to Boston train. John will be it. back in in a week, though. I'll be, <laughs> in that exercise, I actually did make the trade for DeMarcus Cousins, which is, you know, that that whole thing, as opposed to the Dunked On podcast, where they had their, uh, they they really tried to play it realistic. The the thing that I was involved in, we were just it was all free reign. So the the Kings guy was from Cowbell Kingdom and just basically said, I do not agree with your keep boogie stance, so I'm gonna trade him. And we worked out a deal. So and the deal in, involved Matt Barnes. So Matt Barnes and Boogie to Boston. So watch out at the harp. Those two are gonna go in there and tear that place apart. In my fake sure, fantasy Brad, world, Brad Stevens would love having those. <laughs> oh my out. god, he, I bet you re- Stevens would resign at that point. Like, screw this, I'm out. I don't need this crap. I'm going back to college. <laughs> call me, oh, call me when man. their contracts are up. All right. One of the other things that happened today, since we're talking about other people's podcasts, which you know, we're we feel like we're the best, but you should listen to other people's podcasts, especially in the Lockdown Podcast Network. We have a lot of great ones, but there are a lot. There's a lot of great work out there too. From a lot of different people. Uh, Almost too much great work, really, because it's hard to keep up with everything. But uh, in today's True Hoop podcast, part of the discussion, and it came after the Wizards took the Cavaliers to overtime. Uh, They've they've been on one hell of a tear. They have now risen to 30-21, fourth in the East, a game behind the Raptors, three games behind the Celtics, and five and a half out of first. So the debate there was who are the three most talented teams in the East? And there was not a lot of love for the Boston Celtics. And I think there's a lot of recency bias going on because I heard Shaq and Charles Barkley. Recency bias? The Celtics have a seven-game win streak. No, I know. And that's the thing. Like, But the Wizards have been on such a tear because they're, they just lost last night. But how many games had they won in a row before that? They 
they won, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They were on a seven-game streak of their own, and then they had won four of the previous ones there, so they'd won 11 of 12. And you can keep going back. They'd won 14 of 16. So they, they really were on a tear. Okay, they they obviously they were the hottest team in the East, uh, just like right behind the Celtics were like right behind them, uh, but the the Wizards, fine, talented team. They were never supposed to be as bad as they were earlier this season, but I heard or as they were last season, right? So we heard, I heard Shaq, I heard Charles Barkley, and I hear all these guys in this podcast talking about how they think the Wizards are the second-best team in the East. I'm like, pump your brakes. Yeah, they've they've done a hell of a job to come all the way back, but all they've been able to do is get back to the fourth seed, a half game out of fifth. They're, they lose a couple of games, and next thing you know, they're down there hanging around with the Bulls. So people need to chill out a little bit. And look at the teams that they've beaten. Yes, they've beaten us. We're one of them, uh, but New Orleans, the Lakers, the Knicks, uh, New Orleans again. You get the Hawks, which is which are good, us, which is good, the Hornets are good, but then the Pistons, no, they lost to the Pistons. Knicks, Grizzlies are good, Portland's eh, Sixers. So th- these are all, like, not great teams. So I think – Good for the good for the Wizards for coming back. They are clearly uh, living up to their potential. Guys who have not had great careers, even or have had some bad luck, are are finally starting to step up. Otto Porter has has emerged a bit. Uh, Bradley Beal is is getting healthy and playing like the the guy that we expected him to be, like one of the uh, like a stud backcourt. Wall is wall. I mean, they're they're really they are really good, but second best team in the East. Let's just chill out a little bit. Don't you realize Toronto still has they're hurt. They they don't have DeRozan right now. Celtics are hurt. They don't have Avery Bradley, and the Celtics are still on a seven game win streak. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. So so my my thing on this is, first, I I think Toronto's still number two. I agree with I that. I agree with that. When when they were healthy. Had Kyle Lowry and DeRozan going, and such a deep bench. Those guys, like they, they were an offensive juggernaut. Then Patrick Patterson got hurt for a little while. Demar Derozan's been out for a while. Like when they're healthy, that team is damn good. And Lowry is amazing. DeRozan has been out of this world, and they have a really deep supporting cast. So to me, Toronto's still number two. They're they're still the proven team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. I have I have Boston number three, and I I have all sorts of respect for what the Wizards have done. I think their backcourt, when healthy, is spectacular. I think Mars Gortat is having a hell of a year. So you look at everything they've accomplished. Yeah, they've been great. Okay, now now you look at it this way: the Celtics. I'm on mangameslost.com right now. They have lost. Their, their injury impact to team value over replacement player, which is basically the impact of the injuries they've had, is second highest in the league to the Los Angeles Clippers. 
Okay, so so they've been in they've been hurt by injuries as much as anybody except the Clippers. They have a tougher schedule so far, according to basketballreference.com, than the Wizards. And they're still what, two and a half games up on the Wizards? And three. Three full games up on the Wizards, two and a half games out of first. Two and a half out of first. And two and a half up on Toronto, right? So to me, what the two. what the Celtics have done too. So what the Celtics have done is they've weathered the injury storm. Now they have uh, an easy schedule coming up. I think twenty of their last thirty-one games are against sub five hundred teams. They have crushed sub five hundred teams this year. So when you look at it that way, I, I think the Celtics, like if you put the full resumes together and look at every piece of it, then they've been the better team. They've and they've been a better team while while hurt for a lot of the year. You know they, they've had a seven game winning streak. Well, Avery Bradley, one of their starters, is out. So to to me, yes, the Wizards are have been great. I I worry about their depth a lot. I think their one injury, whether it's to Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, even Gortat, at this point, and and all of a sudden it's like, uh oh, they're not in a good place anymore. So I think the the Celtics are better. Better built to to deal with injuries. I think they're deeper, and I'll. I mean, at this point, you have to put Isaiah Thomas up against any non-LeBron James player in the Eastern Conference. He's been that good, and I think their net rating, the Celtics, it's it's third right now in the East. So, I I I, I don't know how you can have them like like four. It doesn't make sense to me that they're fourth. But, I mean, the Wizards have been great. And I, I do think that the Wizards have proven that they're kind of in that tier with Toronto and Boston. Like, it's, it, I guess it's not crazy to put them ahead of Boston. It's not crazy to put them ahead of Toronto. I think they have proven, or at least they've given evidence that supports the fact, or not, maybe not a fact, the theory that they, they should be in that, that tier with those guys right now. Here, here's the thing that makes me kind of give pause to that. And it's not. It's. I'm trying not to be a Celtics homer. Uh, I, I do believe, like I like you said, I do believe that right now Toronto, at full strength, is the second best team in the East. With DeRozan's healthy, Kyle Lowry is still. I really do think Kyle Lowry is vastly underrated. Like he he could easily be called the best point guard in the Eastern Conference. Uh, He's incredible. Uh, I, I, I love watching he's, him play, both ends. He, he is just very underappreciated. Uh, so I think Toronto definitely has the inside track for the second-best team in the East. The Celtics, like you said, have had a lot of injuries, and they've they've weathered that storm, and now they're two and a half games out of first. They're the second seed in the East right now. The Wizards have had two distinct seasons they had the first part of the season which was very bad very bad uh, and they had some bad losses so now they're you know they get some health they got some continuity and they've put a, a good stretch together against some bad teams so they still have the nets coming up next but you know they got to stretch the pacers the thunder the Jazz, the Warriors, the Raptors twice. By the time we get to through 
the the month of February, the beginning of March. We'll see if they can get through that phase and beat the Raptors and beat, say, the Jazz and the Thunder and start getting up some quality wins like that. Then, yeah, then they're in that mix. But I still think the Celtics are uh, a, a, at least a little bit ahead of them, even though they lost that funeral game. <laughs> I, I still, I still think the Celtics. That game still cracks are, me up, man. I, I, that's still that was so entertaining for a random Wednesday night or whatever it was in January. The funeral game. The, it was so Wiz- preposterous and uh, right. I, I, the Wizards took that very seriously. The Wizards fans took that very seriously. No, no the Wizards. First of all, the, the Wizards, they just thought it was a joke. They thought it was funny. Like, I thought they took it seriously when I was first reading about it, but that was complete joke. And then, like, they, they enjoyed the humor of it. And their fans did not take that seriously because nobody showed up to that game. Well, the fans that I see online were taking it seriously. The bloggers were, anyway. <laughs> so, I, I still think the Wizards have something to prove. Just because... They, they have, they have some tough. They have some tough teams coming up in the schedule, and I think they need to prove that they can beat some of those teams, or they might fall behind. And again, th- this is true of every team. The Celtics can go on a swoon. The Raptors have gone on a swoon. That the Wizards, they lose a couple of games. They're look. They're three games out of second place for the Celtics. But then if they fall, if they lose three games and fall eight and a half behind, they're behind the Pacers and just ahead of the Bulls. So they're still in a precarious position. They haven't come all the way back. So, yeah, they've got a lot of talent, but they, I still think they have a little bit more to prove before I'm willing to put them up in that, in that next mix. So that's my take. Hey, the, the Celtics have stuff to prove, too. They still have the first round. Absolutely. And, you know, like Brian Windhorse on that podcast was really not loving the Al Horford contract. Like he just kept asking everybody, what do you think of the contract? What do you think <laughs> of the contract? Was like, it's like, a good contract, Brian. Yeah. And, no, but he says so that he he says that he didn't think that Al Horford really made much difference for the Celtics, which I think is one of the most absurd statements you could make because the Celtics are 33 and 18. They've won 65% of their games. They were not anywhere near that in the past couple of years. They were never anywhere close to this. And I will say this too. Last year, Jared Sullinger was he was a good player in the regular season. Like he rebounded, he defended, he was great outlet passer. He did a lot of things for the Celtics. He didn't turn the ball over much. In the playoffs, they couldn't play him. And right. that was because they matched up with the Hawks, and Al Horford was Al Horford and Paul Millsap were too tough for him to handle. He couldn't chase them at the three point arc. So to me, the Horford's going to make the biggest difference in the playoffs when you don't have to bench one of your better players because he can't match up with another team. That's when he's going to make the biggest impact. So to me, talk of that is is just erroneous. Erroneous, Brian Windhorst. <laughs> I agree. Let's leave it at that. Couple of notes coming out of Celtics practice. They practiced at 10 p.m. Eastern out in Sacramento ahead of tomorrow night's game. Avery Bradley did not travel with the team. He is unlikely to join the Celtics on their four-game road trip. Are you getting worried about that Achilles at all, or are they just being really really cautious? I talked to him the other day. He said he's feeling fine. 
I don't know what that means. Nobody seems to be totally worried about it. But, I mean, it's lingered on enough that you've got to think, okay, is, is there something else there? Is something else going on? Are they missing something when they tested him and said there was no structural damage? I don't know. He's been out a long time, and I get it. Yes, you have to be cautious with a torn Achilles, but it, it's it's been long enough now, and especially, like they've said a few times, he might come back now. He's he will likely travel on the trip. Well, he, he didn't travel on the trip. So they've, they've pushed it back enough that you're like, eh, I hope everything's right. all right. And I, I don't know if, if, if anything is serious. It might just be that he and the team are being cautious with it because it's a freaking Achilles and you do not screw around with Achilles injuries. But at the same time, it, it's gone on long enough that there has to be a little bit of, of worry there. Yep. Jonas Jarebko has a broken nose. He's going to wear a mask. I can't wait when to you see, see him next. Jonas in the mask. It is going to be glorious. That's that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. And Isaiah Thomas said, Tom Brady texted him after the Super Bowl and said, "Quote, it's your turn next." Uh, by the way, that? I, John, I, I made you wait for this podcast because I was wa- I was watching the mic'd up Patriot special on Showtime. That is that is. Oh, that is really? Wait. But it was it was phenomenal. Oh my god! See, I don't have Showtime. It was so, so perfect. Just is all Super Bowl all mic'd up. I also went I to love the, that the parade today and froze my ass off. <laughs> that that was, must have been fun though. It, it was it was a really good time. Um, there were tons of people there, but after three hours in the snow, I it was time to go home. <laughs> I watched on TV. It seemed like a lot of fun. Gronk was amazing. Gronk was so amazing. Oh yeah, uh, so much fun. He's a child. Uh, he is. He is he a little child. Really, in in the really best is. ways, he is a child. Like he just seems like the most innocent, carefree guy who ever lived. Yeah, but you know, like he he doesn't spend his money. He's not broke. Like he he seems like a like a guy who'd be broke party guy, but the, all of the money he spends, he says it's it's all his endorsements. He does he's never touched his NFL salary. What's well, amazing to so, me, he's never gotten in trouble. Like, no, he, he parties and he boozes and he has so much fun, but he's never gotten in trouble. Well, shout out. I mean, that's good to Grog for that. And nothing. Look, he clearly takes care of himself minus the drinking, but he 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 does get hurt. But I mean, those are traumatic injuries that that's he he does the best he can there he's clearly one of the best tight ends of all time and yeah like that good for him good for him awesome uh good for you for downloading the seat geek app if you do that you can get 20 bucks back by entering the promo code lo celtics you could even use it to get into patriots games next year if you wanted to that's possible uh but you could do that for anything a show a, a a game, a concert, uh, buy them, sell them. You could do that too. Uh, enter the promo code LOCELTICS. $20 back. It's a $20, $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. Subscribe to the show if you are so inclined, and you should be so inclined because this show is a lot of fun. And rate us five stars while you're in the process. If you subscribe, you might as well hit the five stars. Do that. Listen to the rest of the Lockdown Podcast Network, Lockdown NBA. You know, Lockdown Kings is out there. Are, you know, all of the locked on other teams, listen to them, get a little sense of what the other other uh, teams, fans, and hosts are saying. Do that. 
and listen to us tomorrow, I guess, after the game. Yep. It won't be me. It's going to be, be Jay. It'll, it's going to be a late one. But Jay and uh, we'll, we'll let Jay and Sam handle that one. Yeah. Because, you know, John, my bedtime's 9 p.m. John likes to pass out during the, during the third quarter of the game. <laughs> uh, no, fourth quarter. Let's get it right. If you're going to bust my balls, let's get it right. You passed out once the comeback had already started. Even better. <laughs> That's the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is the Locked On Celtics Podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, Jay King and John Corrales. Locked On Celtics. Millie's. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.